0: Hey, good morning, Destiny. We're so excited you joined us this morning. We're so fired up about what God's ready to do. And man, we just miss everybody, but we want to worship this morning. That's what this is all about. So um, I'm going to pray, but before we get into worship, I want you to remember this, that that God's going to show up right where you're at. The Holy Spirit's going to move in your place. And and here's the thing. Don't get caught up this morning. Don't get caught up watching worship. I want you to actually worship. I want you to, to be in your place at home Worshipping, and, and that's what this is all about this morning. So, so guys, we're just going to usher in the Holy Spirit right now. I want to pray real quick. We thank you for tuning in. Do me a favor. Share this. Share this with some friends. Share this on on social media. Share it via text message. However you can get it out to people that just need a little taste of Jesus this morning. We just want to give them an opportunity to to just experience what we're going to experience right here. So, so, guys, we love you and we thank you. Let's pray, and then we're going to jump into worship. So, Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. You are so, so good. Hmm. Come on, come on, Father, we, we ask you to, to just let your presence be known this morning, Holy Come on, Father, we ask you to show up, Father God, in, in every home, everybody that's listening, wherever they're at, at work, at home, in their cars, come on, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to show up in a mighty, mighty way. Father, we just love you, and we just want to honor you and worship you this morning. We want to give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, God. We just love you, Lord, and we thank you for everything you're doing. Father, we just give it all to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Come on, y'all. Let's all get ready to worship. Come on, stand to your feet at home. Let's worship.
1: Strong.
2: of your God for you. This is his heart towards you and we're going to sing it over you. Open your heart. Open your mind. Open your ears. Open your spirit to receive. Receive from your Father. Receive from your Father. i to you right now through these words that are straight from Scripture. Thank you, God, for revelation of who you are. You are for us. You are with us. Yes. (laughs) It's true, yes, yes. <laughs> Some of you have been weeping, keep playing that, some of you have been weeping. Some of you have been in a place of weeping a long time. The Holy Spirit is meeting you right now with such comfort, He is the comforter. He loves to rejoice with us on the mountaintops, but He is even closer. In the weeping moments, in the valleys, because he is drawn to your pain, he cannot stay away from a wounded sheep. He leaves all the rest to come and find you and hold you and mend your wounds. He's with you, he's with you. can okay. be.
3: Thank you.
1: i right. I'm
0: you get sometimes we get lost in life we get lost and caught up in the the ways of the world and sometimes you get lost you get in that moment where where the worship is is hard to really find it's hard to find the time it's hard to to just give it all to God and you feel lost and you feel broken and you feel separated and and God's just reaching out his hand and he says all you need to do is worship. All you need to do is praise. All you need to do is, is stay still. Hmm. He's going to put you back together again. He's going to pick you up and he knows exactly where you need to be. And he's going to meet you in that spot. We serve an all powerful God. He is so powerful. Hmm. Just to be in that moment, just to find time to, to reach out to him and to to, to just worship him god is so good he's so good he's so good so father we thank you lord come on we worship you this morning come on father we just we bow down right now in your presence holy meet us where we're at god meet us wherever we're at if it's in the darkness god meet us in the darkness bring light into the dark father no matter where we're at we ask you to meet us right now father Come on, Holy. Breathe on us right now, Father. Just breathe on us. We just need more of you, God. Come on, Holy. Right where everybody's at. Find them in their homes. Just, whew. Come on, Holy. You see them right now. You see what's going on right now in their homes, in their lives. Father God, we ask you to just bring peace right now. Father God, we declare peace and comfort over their lives. Father God, we lift you up this morning. Let our praise, our worship be be the weapon of choice, Father God, as we battle. But Father, we give it all to you. Come on, holy. Come on, holy. Come on, holy. Come on, Father, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, y'all. Come on, you got to lift up a shout of praise at home as we're lifting up a shout of praise here. Come on, we love you, Lord. We love you and we thank you. Come on, Jesus. Woo, so good. Man, it's so thick in here, guys. I just Man, we just pray the Holy Spirit's moving right where you're at. Look, we're going to take a few seconds to, to change this stage out and get ready to bring an amazing word. We love you. We'll see you here in just a few minutes. Good morning, Destiny. Man, what a powerful, powerful movement this morning. I'm telling you, it's really good around here. Uh, So I hope the Holy Spirit's moving in your house. Look, I'm DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Come on, we love you all so much. We miss you all so much. Look, it's that time. Virtual hugs, that's right. You know, I love it. We got to see a thing on Facebook, and um, Holly, uh, she got the post the fact she was giving a virtual hug, hug back. So, come on, we're feeling here. Hopefully, you feel it in your house. Hopefully, you can feel that love come through your screen right now. And, look, I know we can't be together physically, but, man, the spirit's moving this morning. I'm so thankful for our online services. I'm so thankful for just social media and what we can do right now when you're not here. I'm so thankful for our production team. So if you don't know, we have a full production team here. I give it up for our production team. They make this happen every single week. So they're back there in in our online studio, in our production box, and they're doing lights and cameras and sound. And I'm so thankful for our worship team, such a powerful, powerful team of people that they want to come in and they want to worship for you. And I'm so thankful this morning for Great Oaks Church, Great Oaks Church, Pastor Jason Beck over there, man. We love you guys, Uh, man. And Cassandra came out to worship with us this morning. It's so nice when we can do kingdom-minded things. So when churches can come together to worship together, it's so powerful. And we're so thankful for you. I'm thankful to do life with you guys. Man, it's such an honor to to just do that. So we thank you for that. So do me a favor before we get any further. Share this link. Get this out to people that you know. Get this get this out there so people can see this. They can they can listen to worship. They they can watch live right now online as as we bring a word to you. Um, I just know that no matter what, you don't have to be here to be in the presence because. The Lord will show up wherever you're at. I love what Matthew uh, 18, 20 says. And it says, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. I am there among them. So that means as you gather, be it in your home, be it at work, wherever you're at, I believe Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is present with you right now just the way he is here in our church. So so I'm just fired up to see that happen. Look, I even believe this. You could be on your way to work. You could be driving in your car listening to this. I don't know when you're watching this. You could be watching this, you know, weeks and months after we've actually recorded it, but I'm telling you this, is that the Holy Spirit will be there when you just cry out to him, when you give it to him. He'll meet you right where you're at. It's so, so powerful. So I... As always, and you know this, our number one concern as a church is, is for your health, your safety, and both physical and spiritual. So if there's anything physical that you need, any physical needs as you go through these times of, of of being in quarantine and things like that, reach out to our church, call our church offices, let us know so we can reach out to you and we can help provide in any way we can. So if we can provide, we're gonna reach out and help you in any way we can. But we also care about you spiritually. So if you're in one of those moments where you're struggling, things are tough, times are tough, you just feel like You just need a little bit more. We have a prayer team standing by all the time, waiting for you. Just reach out to them. We're going to put their numbers on the screen so that so that you can take a picture of that. Make sure you capture that. Make sure uh, that you just take a picture of that so that you always have it on you. So reach out anytime, anytime. We we care about your spiritual needs, also. So we want to pray for you at any time. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to dive into the word. Before that, we're going to just pray real quick. I want to give it up to God. We just want to lift Him up this morning as we get into our word. So pray with me at home as I pray here for you. So. Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Father, we just thank you so much. We surrender to you this morning. Father, have your way. Have your way in this church. Have your way in the homes. Have your way in our our families, Father God. Uh, Just have your way, Lord. And Father, this morning, we just love you. We lift you up. We give you all the praise, all the honor, Father God, all the glory. And Father, I thank you now for your word. I thank you for a word, Father, something that you put in my heart. Father God, I pray that, that it comes out of my mouth, Father, and lands on the ears and hearts of those that need to hear it this morning. Let it be you and not me, Father God. Father, this morning we lift up, we, we just declare and decree healing over our nation, healing over this world, Father God. We know, we, Father, we just ask that you just do some amazing things right now. Father, supernatural healing, Father, for, for everybody in need. And Father, we pray for a solution. We pray for an answer to this. Come on, Holy Spirit, we ask you to touch those those scientists, those doctors, everybody that's involved in coming up with with a solution to this. Lord, we ask that you touch them right now. And Father, we lift up our hospital staff, our emergency responders, everybody that's essential, all those people that have to do what they do so that our world can keep moving and turning. Father God, we thank you for that. Father, we just ask you to bless them, bring favor upon them. Father, we we pray for our government, our local, state, and federal government, God. We thank you that that they are chosen leaders. And Father, we we thank you that you're going to be with them, Father, we declare that, that, that Lord, they're going to go through you. They're going to seek you. They're going to they're, they're gonna seek you out before they come up with any answers, any, anything they need to do, Father. We just ask that you bless them with your presence. Father, you overwhelm them with wisdom and knowledge. And, Father, we lift up all the other churches and pastors this morning. May just work through their online services. If they don't have online services, Father, we ask you to just reach out and touch their congregation. Let them know that they're loved, that, Father, you're always there for them, Lord. We just lift up those pastors and churches, bring favor upon them. Father, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, y'all. I'm just fired up. Look, it was a good, good, good morning and uh, man, the Holy Spirit's moving in the house. Uh, it's so fired up. And, and I'm excited because we're in a series called Unlimited, uh, which was really identified with the fruit of the Spirit, which comes from Galatians 22 through 23. And it says uh, in Galatians 25, 22 through 23, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there is no law against these things. Um, so over the, the past few weeks, we were, we were been talking about that, having The unlimited fruit, which means that there's no loss. So therefore you can have as much as you want. Um, So we've talked about faithfulness. We've talked about patience. We've talked about goodness. Uh, Before this, we spoke about love. We spoke about joy. Um, But right now you have to have understand you have unlimited access to it all. So then last week, uh, we had a little uh, break in what we were doing, and, and Brother Bo Barton, you know, he's a spiritual father of mine, an apostle to our church, um, brought a powerful word. He came in, you know, they're here from Mexico for, for several months, and they're going to be going back, but he was able to share a powerful word from Isaiah 60. And I'm telling you, it just, it's all about bringing light to the dark. It's just a powerful message. If you missed it, look, check it out online. It's on our app, it's on our, on our website. Check out that message. It's such a powerful message. Um, so, so, so don't miss that. And then throughout this last week, I just felt the Lord tugging on my heart in a different direction. Um, same, but different. And that's what's kind of cool. So uh, I really want to take a deeper look at our unlimited access to God, because uh, I think that's so important, and especially through what we're going through. So if we look at our lives today, if we look at what's going on, and if we look at the last couple months, and we, and we, we really evaluate our lives and where we were, uh, where we're currently at, and where we're going, um, I believe... Uh, that that we've got to have this unlimited access to God to help make that and define that and, and prepare us to walk into that. So, so that's what I want to talk about this morning because I believe over the last several years we as a society we as a um, a people we have kind of shifted our focus we've we've shifted our focus a little bit not away from family but we really shifted and redefined uh, family time we, we redefined what family time is and it, it's really turned into you know sporting events activity centers things like that we've redefined what the dinner table looks like and and because of that we you know now instead of having a dinner at home we redefined that and we said you know dinners really fast food and eating out of the cars or maybe the concession stands at the sports complex you know we we've just redefined that maybe, maybe it's going to restaurants all the time we were we re, redefined busy <laughs> we made busyness a necessity in our lives over the last several years so we we took a look at that and we thought man with that busyness means that that we lost time that that precious time with our loved ones So so without extra time to spend with our kids, you know, what that means is that now we're losing out on that relationship. We're losing out on the true rest that comes in the presence of God. And to top it all off, because our kids need to do so many things and and we want them active in everything and and we're busy all the time, guess what happens? Now now it means that that we've got to support that, man. There's things that we need to to do for them. So we're going to work longer and we're going to do all these things, which just adds to this vicious cycle we can never get out of, this vicious cycle. And I want to talk about that today. You know, I think about this vacations. Vacations are limited and sometimes non-existent because of everything our kids are doing. So we don't want to pull them out of what's going on. So I don't know where you fit into this. You probably have your own categories that I didn't even bring up. But when I think about that, I just truly believe that, that right now we're in a place that God wants us to be. He wants us to slow down long enough for him, for him to have a little say and what we're doing in our lives. He wants us to, to put some time aside so, so that we can enjoy his presence, we can enjoy our family, we can enjoy the time we have here on this earth. You know, I, I believe this, that some people are really, really good at saving up stuff, saving up money. We have people that are really good at saving money so they can have it later. But how do you save time? How do you actually save your time? And are you good at that? So, so we need to get better at capitalizing on the time we have and actually utilizing it for the right things and, and spending time with God and our family. And when we put God first, then we put our spouse and then our family. We get in this alignment, and God starts to bless that, and you see amazing blessings through that. So, so I'm just I just believe when we do that. Um, and we get in God's presence, he gonna, he's going to help define, uh, show you your purpose, your plans in life. He's going to start developing you in a whole different way. So now, if you're single and you don't have kids in your home, I understand that too. So guess what? This is the time God's created for you during this quarantine for, to draw closer to him, to really um, draw close enough to him to where he's showing you, and, and you get to start operating in those gifts, operating in what he wants you to do, operating with a purpose and plan. In your life. And I know there's some people out there where you hadn't even started that. And, and throughout this whole quarantine, you, you've kind of not even pursued that, but it's not too late. It's never too late. So during, during this time, you just have to make time. You have to force yourself. You have to have priorities in your life to make that happen. See, in this season of life, we're seeing um, what that time looks like. So we're starting to see right now over the last several months in quarantine, we're starting to see what that time looks like when you're spending time with God and when you're spending time with your spouse and with your family and your kids. You know, so we get to see, we get a taste of that. And it's so precious. It's so powerful. You know, and I know there's still some people out there. There's a bunch of people that, that um, because of their professions, they're, they're a session, uh, they're essential. So therefore, I know you're still working long hours, but here's what I want you to capitalize on. I want you to look at the other side of this, that, that even after work, guess what? You don't have all those activities to do. You don't have all those sporting events to go to. You don't have all that stuff going on, so you can spend that extra time with your children, spend that extra time with your spouse, and spend that extra time with God. I'm telling you, we can... Uh, whew. I just know that that when we uh when we start preparing ourselves for this, when we start giving time to Him, He's going to show up in a powerful way. But I know this because our kids—they're uh, older now—but we experienced this. Jules and I, and and when our kids were younger, they were in football, and at the same time, my son was in football. I had I had my daughters were in cheerleading, and and so we we're running around that way between cheerleading and football, and and then it was basketball season or baseball and softball season, and what you do, or even taekwondo. We threw that in the mix. So here you are running around in circles, trying to catch up with life trying to get, get all the stuff done, still trying to make time to be with your family, right? Trying to have dinner at a table, which was rare. You know, you know it's bad when you have dinner at the table and your kids are like, hey, we like this. This is pretty awesome. And you're like, man, I wish we could do this more, but we've redefined that because we're running around so much. We're so busy in life. We're so busy doing everything that, that our dinner was coming from fast food restaurants or the sporting complexes or anywhere we could be. We just, we, we just didn't have time to relax and reflect on life as a family. So my question for you is what's next? What's next? What's your plan in life after the quarantine? What's that going to look like to you? Because here's what I love. Benjamin Franklin said this. He said, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So if you fail to plan... You plan to fail. So I believe that, that we need to have a plan for what this looks like as we come out of quarantine. What what are you gonna do with your life? How's this gonna look? Are you gonna go back to doing the same things you used to do? Or are you gonna capitalize on what you've kind of experienced over the last several months? So there's three points I'm going to talk about today that we're going to get into. And, and one of it is remembering where you're at. So I need you to remember where you're at before quarantine, how busy life was, what you were doing. Then I want we're going to talk about reinforcing, reinforcing where you're at right now. Where, what does that look like right now in your house through quarantine? How's that working in your life? And then we're going to redefine where we're going in the future. So we're going to help you establish a plan on what it's supposed to look like in, in the future. So over the last couple of weeks. Um, man, I've just been kind of buried in in the Bible, and and I got caught up in in First Thessalonians, and I, I love that book, but it just really uh, that in the book of Acts, man, I get caught up in those really quick. But it opened my eyes to um, the relationship between life back in fifty A.D. or almost two thousand years ago and life today, and and I got to really identify with how close they are, how um how really close knitted those those two examples are, even though you think that. Through technology and advancements, we look completely different. But it wasn't for society, and that's, what's what, that's what I want to hit on today. So 1 Thessalonians, it really relates to Paul, Silas, and Timothy in the church of Thessalonica um, and how they broke free from the norms of society to praise Jesus, how they broke free to pursue him and to pr- pursue Jesus in a different way that nobody's seen before. And, th- and that book is really, uh, 1 Thessalonians is really just a book that Apostle Paul wrote um, to the city, um, to the church of Thessalonica, uh, after he visited and had been there, you know he had been away for a couple of years. So there's a lot of setup with this. So we got some time today. So I'm going to go through the setup. I want you to understand the context behind this. I want you to understand where it came from. So we're going to kind of dig into the Bible this morning. So I hope you got your Bibles out. If not, you got a little second to get it while I scroll up my screen, pull out your phone, whatever you have to do. Uh, we're going to start in the book of Acts because this really captures the um, the entire thing, the entire story of Paul going into Um, uh, into uh, the church of uh, uh, Thessalonica, Uh, and and I'm going to butcher all these names too, so just bear with me uh, when it comes to that. Um, Phonetically, I'm going to try to get it. But here we go, Acts 17, 1 through 9, and this is from the Passion Translation, Acts 17, 1 through 9. And it says, After passing through the cities of Amphipolis and Apollonia, Paul and Silas arrived at Thessalonica. As they customarily did, they went to the synagogue to speak to the Jews from the Torah scrolls. So if you don't know what the Torah scrolls are, they're they're the first five books of the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy. And then for three weeks, Paul challenged them by explaining the truth and proving to them the reality of the gospel, that the Messiah had to suffer and die, then rise again from among the dead. He made it clear to them, saying, I come to announce to you that Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Messiah. Some of the Jews were convinced that their message was true, so they joined Paul and Silas along with quite a few prominent women and a large number of Greeks who worshipped God. But many of the Jews were motivated by bitter jealousy and formed a large mob out of the troublemakers, unsavory characters, and street gangs to incite a riot. They set out to attack Jason's house for he had welcomed the apostles into his home. Now, Jason was one of the the 72 others that Jesus um, appointed and anointed and sent out to preach the gospel. That's in Luke 10. You can you can back read on that if you want. He said the mob was after Paul and Silas and sought to take them by force and bring them out to the people. When they couldn't find them, they took Jason instead, along with some of the brothers in his house church and dragged them before the city council along the way. They screamed out, Those troublemakers who have turned the world upside down have come here to our city. And now Jason and these men have welcomed them as guests. They're traitors to Caesar, teaching that there is another king named Jesus. Their angry shouts stirred up the crowds and troubled the city and all its officials. So when Paul and Silas came before the leaders of the city, they refused to let them go until Jason and his men posted bail. I know that's a lot of scripture, but I wanted you to understand what they went through as they got into this city. Because right before this, they were beaten; they were they were beaten down, and now they go into another city, just just willing to to preach the gospel. And, and they get there, and they visit the city, and they brought the gospel to a place that was being overrun with cults and false gods and corrupt government and, and idols. That's what was going on here in in where they're trying to plant a church. I just find it so relevant to what we go through in life today and how we have to deal with what's going on today so you know after paul and silas preached in the synagogue and it says several jews and non-jews converted to christianity and then things started to change the holy spirit starts moving things start happening there in the church and then when i say church there it's a home church this is doing church in your home that's what jason did but they had to go against the social norms they had to go against everything that society was telling them was right and that's what they had to go against Same thing we deal with today. Same thing we have to deal with everywhere we go and everything we do. We have to fight the norms of society uh, to do what's right, to do what the word says. So I love where it states that those troublemakers who have turned the world upside down have come here to our city. Man, I would love that. Say, I turned the world upside down for Jesus. I'm going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And they didn't like that because we were flipping everything. We were turning everything. We were allowing the Holy Spirit to move. Man, it's so powerful. And I think about that today and how we as Christians are doing that today. And we have to fight against it all the time, you know, about what society wants. And, and especially, you know, during this quarantine, we got caught up in this and there was this struggle. What's the church going to do? Are they going to shut down? Are they going to stay open? Are you going to listen to the law? What are you going to do? And here's my thing. And this is what I understand. And you need to understand this, too, that we don't walk in fear. We, guess what? We don't operate out of fear, but we do operate out of honor. So what we're doing by by shutting down church and doing it online, we're trying to honor the authorities over us. We're not walking in fear. We're not going to be scared about what's going on. That's not us. But we are going to honor the authorities over us, and we're we're going to let that happen. So remember, we're not doing this out of fear. We're doing this out of honor, and you need to understand that. So just think of all the things you do in life right now just because it's become a norm over The last 20 years, all these things that have creeped into our life, creeped into what we do, has become a norm. And it starts out small, and then it just starts taking over. And pretty soon, something you didn't think you would ever do, you're doing. I mean, it's that powerful how society works. So let's go back to the Bible. I just want to capture this. So um, from the season they were in um, with the Thessalonians, the the believers, they kept the faith no matter what. They kept dealing with it. They kept saying, you know what, it's okay. We'll be persecuted. You, You can come at us. But because they, here's what they did. They remembered what life was like without that, without the word, without Jesus. They remembered how life was and what they didn't like. And now they were operating out of hope. Now they were they were operating and worshiping um, um, a Holy Spirit, the, the God. And instead of these empty idols and in, in trying to keep up with society. So they went against the norms. They redefined who and what they believe in. And that's so powerful. Um, it's so powerful to see a group of people just transform an entire area in an entire city they say that city was like a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand people at the time but see here's the problem because of what happened because you know like i said paul and silas they're used to getting beat that's just how it is and they they weren't ready for another beat down so obviously they had to run they had to 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 save their own lives they said we're going to get out of here and they left they left and they felt bad that they left because they had just started a church they just started this relationship they just started planning something great So the letter, as you read through 1 Thessalonians, it really shows the passion, the passion that Paul had for this group of people that he was very um, unsettled about leaving so quick. But what he did to to figure out what was going on, he sent Timothy. So Timothy was like his little um, protege. You know, this is his little guy that he's he's created. I would hate that job, by the way. You know, they're going to send Timothy back to the one area where everybody's being persecuted. So I can imagine that. That's a great way to. You know, get your feet wet. <laughs> hey, Timothy, we got a job for you. Come on, we're going to send you over where everybody's getting beat. You're just going to check up on some people and come back. But he was pleased, and that's what I love. 1 Thessalonians tells us how proud they were uh, because they kept the faith. They, they kept standing strong. Um, so basically the apostles job was to go in plant a church um, preach the gospel right plant a church set it up and then allow them to operate and then pour into them and continue to pour into them and grow them and strengthen them and teach them uh, this, this thing called Christianity. So I want to pick it up in first Thessalonians uh, we're going to get into this letter um, first Thessalonians 1 8 through 10 I'm reading from the passion once again reading from the passion. And it says, the message of the Lord was sounded out from you, not only in Greece, but its echo has been heard in every place where people are hearing about your strong faith. Hmm. I, I want to stop right there because that's so powerful. That's so powerful to say that, that the echo is being heard in every place Every place so not only because of their strong faith that it was being pronounced across there like a wave. It was going out and hitting people, people that didn't even know about them finally knew about them because of their strong faith. So they didn't need to announce anything. It was just happening. The, the faith was moving through a wave. So we don't need to brag on you, he says, for everyone tells the story of the kind of welcome you showed us when we first came to you. And everyone knows how wonderfully you turned to God from idols to serve the true and living God. And now you are eagerly expecting his son from heaven, Jesus, the deliverer, whom he raised from the dead and who rescues us from the coming wrath. Man, how proud is Paul here? He's saying, man, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so proud of you for breaking the norms in society and reaching out and, and seeking God in a powerful way, going against everything everybody already knew. So powerful that that they're waiting they're they're seeking God, they're seeking His presence all the time, waiting for his return. <clears throat> and this is something they've never experienced before that's what I love, so they never experienced that rest they didn't they never experienced what it's like to be in the presence of God and be able to rest in his presence, understand that he's in charge of everything, and that's what they were experiencing. It was a powerful, powerful time, and right now in our own lives, I believe God's excited that we have time now to spend with him. I think he's like a, um, a proud, proud father. And he's saying, man, I get to spend time with my kids. And, and I really believe that's what he's thinking right now. He's extremely happy with what's going on, that, that we get to spend time with him, that we get to spend time with our families. See, a good father wants to be around his children more than we can even imagine. And our father wants to be in our lives. So during this season, here's what I love, during this season of life, where life's being rearranged, right? That the norms are being challenged, everything in society's being challenged right now. The way of life is being challenged, and we're being quarantined, okay? So life as we've known it for several decades has completely come to a halt. It stopped what we thought was... um, the only way to do business, what we thought was the only way that, that all this busyness creeped in, all that stuff we got used to has completely come to a stop. So what do we do now? How do we handle it? How about not now, but how do we handle it when this season's over? When we have a fresh start, a fresh beginning, a fresh anointing with no restrictions on our life, what's that going to look like now when we come out of this? When we come out of this, the restrictions that have been placed on us. So I want to challenge you as we go through this today, three things that we're going to write down. And the first one I want you to think about is to remember where you were at. Remember where you were at. I want you to remember where you were at prior to the quarantine, prior to the virus. How was your life? How busy were you? How much time did you really spend with God? How how much time did you really spend with your kids? Did you really spend with your spouse? Did you really spend doing what God put you on this earth to do? How much time did you really spend in that? So I want you to think about that. I want you to really take a look at that because that's going to that's be the place you don't want to go back to. Okay, so sometimes we have to remember our past to know that we never want to return back to where we came from. If you go to Ephesians 2, 1 through 2, Ephesians 2, 1 through 2 from the Passion, It says, and his fullness fills you. Even though you were once like corpse, dead in your sins and offenses, it wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, the customs, and the values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. We were once like corpse. We were going with the flow of society, doing what everybody thought was the greatest thing to do. Not by what the Holy Spirit was telling us to do, but doing what everybody else was doing. Because we didn't want to miss out. We didn't want to miss out on the greatest and the the next best thing. And we didn't want our kids to miss out on all the opportunities in life. So we go with the flow. and, And what happens when you go with the flow is it gets fast and it's hard to get out of the flow. If you've ever jumped in a river with a strong current, it's hard to get to the side. It's hard to turn around and go the other way. So what's happening is the flow starts and you jump in it. And you get taken away with it. You get rushed in with the current. So we put the worldly customs and, and values above what, what God really wanted us to do, which was spend time with him, spend time with our family, spend time with our loved ones, doing stuff that he's called us to do in this earth. So what idols have you given up during quarantine? Because I'm telling you, when we think of idols, I'm not talking about bail. I'm not talking about that. What idols do you have in your life that since you've been in quarantine, you've had no choice but give up? Like Sports. That's one of my one of my biggest ones, man. I could sit around and watch football, watch sports all day. Right? So so I'm thinking about watching sports, playing sports. You know, this is an idol. It becomes an idol in your life when it takes over the time that, that you're supposed to be spending with God, with your family. There's nothing wrong with sports. And, and if you do it moderately, if you do it in the time frame that, that you believe you can, where you don't take away from anything else, there's nothing wrong with it. But unfortunately, we don't because we put our kids in sports because we want our kids. You know, everybody wants their kid to be the next professional ball player. Everybody wants their kids to have all the same opportunities as every other kid. Well, Here's what I realized after raising three kids and raising athletes that that believe it or not, the best scholarships came from the smart ones. So their school got paid for. It. it wasn't an athletic scholarship. It was it was an academic scholarship. So it's so funny that we put we put the heaviest weight on something that has the fewest returns on investment. You invest in sports, and guess what? There's a few people that will actually make it. You put it in. An, if you put your investment in your academics, guess what? You can make it because it's all up to you. It doesn't take special talent. It doesn't take a, a certain height, a certain weight, a, a certain physical aspect. It means you just have to put effort into it. So we've taken that idol of sports out. For some of us, an idol would have been work because you love and you're so passionate about your work. You allow your work to do everything. You allow your work to take place of everything. You work extra and extra and extra just to to earn the next highest spot, just to to, to be higher on the totem pole. I experienced this in the military. Look, I used to work and work and work, and I always did more and more because I wanted to impress people because I wanted to get promoted. And then you get promoted, and guess what? Well, Here's what I realized. When you retire, everybody's gone. They don't care about you. The day you say you're going to retire, they fill your desk with somebody else. That's how it works. So that's how it's going to work even where you're at. Wherever you are at in society right now, I'm telling you, that wherever you're working, look, your company cares about you, but when you're gone, you're gone. The ones that are going to be standing next to you during your last hours on this earth are the ones that you love. They're going to be your family members. They're going to be the ones that care about you, not the people you work for. So I'm not saying work's not important. I'm just saying that sometimes we put it as an idol, and we think the more we work, the, the better we're going to be, the more money we're going to make, the, uh, the more prestigious we're going to be in the world. And we've got to pull that aside. That's an idol, and we're getting rid of that. You know, I consider restaurants an idol sometimes because <laughs> I love food. And, and, and when I get caught up in that cycle where I can go and just order anything I want, man, and then I spend my entire life eating whatever I want, and going wherever I want, you get caught up in that. Next thing you know, what happens? Now all your money's gone. So you've blown your budget. You you you've gone out and ate anything you wanted, and then you then you're strapped and you're financially going, How are we gonna make it? We just spent all this money on food. So it's an idol. We gotta be careful what we do. Vacations. Vacations. Look how many people can't go on vacation right now. And, and some people live for that. They, and I'm not saying vacations are very important, but here's the thing. If, if you're paying off the credit card so you can go on vacation the next year with the credit card, that's not good. Okay, that's not good. So, in fact, I remember doing that as a family. We would save up on a credit card, go on vacation, come back after doing everything that we wanted our kids to experience, come back and go, we need a vacation from our vacation. It didn't make any sense. We, we were so busy and, and running ourselves, so tired, so tired just trying to keep up with society, trying to keep up with the norms. I won't even get into events like concerts and gatherings and all the other things that we can't do right now that you allowed to steal time from you. And none of these are bad things when they're done moderately, when, when they're done in respect to, to who your God is and who your family is. So what ruled your life? Where did you put your time? Where did you put your money? Think back, how busy were you? Did you have time for God? Did you have time to to sit down and have dinner with your family? Did you have time to help your kids with their homework? Did you have time to do that? Were you fulfilled or were you empty? How were you? So it starts with remembering where you were at. Hmm. Because here's the thing, I'm sure there were some good things. I'm sure looking back at, you know, there were some things right now that we had to give up on that were really good for us. And, you know, gathering in church, that's really good. And so, so I understand there's some things we had to give up that were good, but there's some things we, we had to give up that were just, eh, they were easy, they were fun, and we allowed it to take place. So, so I want you to remember that you can still go back and do some of the good things. Uh, we just got to watch what we put above God, what we put above our family, and what we're creating as an idol. So as you remember where you're at, I want you to take a good look at how things are now. You need to take a look at how things are now. So now you know where the past was. How's your life right now? We need to reinforce where we're at right now because there are things happening in your life right now that are positive good things there's there's family time there there's time with your spouse there's time with God there's things you're doing right now that are phenomenal that that God's in love with that and he's coming in close contact with you and there, and we have to reinforce that we have to do more of that we have to find ways to 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 make that a a foundation in our life because what he did is he opened this path for us and now we're tasting it. So now we're tasting and see how good it is. But if we don't reinforce that, guess what? When when this ends, we're gonna go back to the old way. So we need to reinforce where we're at right now. That's point two. And if you go to 1 Thessalonians 2 through 13, or two and 13, so chapter two, verse 13. It says, this is why we continually thank God for your lives because you received our message wholeheartedly. You embraced it not as the fabrication of men, but as the word of God. And the word continues to be an energizing force in you who believe and that is so powerful. Paul Paul was so thankful for them because they actually embraced the Word. They read the Word. They were, they were living the Word in their lives, and they were seeing the fruit come out of that. They were seeing the peace and the rest and, and the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. And I believe that that's what it is. This is an opportunity right now as we're in this season in our lives. It's a, it's almost like a message from God saying, hey, look, I need you to reprioritize things. I need you to, to refocus on where you're at right now. And look at how good things can be in this time of rest, in this time of peace, the time that I've given back to you. But I love what it says about the word of God is an energizing It's an energizing force, and that's going to guide you. It's going to push you. It's going to give you the power to move forward. So when I think about being energized, I think about what are you plugged into? Are you plugged into the right source to charge you up? Because if, if the Word of God is the energizing source, if that's the force that charges you, are you plugged into it? Because I can tell you this, sometimes we think we're plugged in, and we're not. You know, I've got, a, I've got an iPad. In fact, this one right here, when I want to charge it at night, I look for that little white cube, the little apple cube. And when I don't have that apple cube, I plug it into some other adapter. and I plug that, and I wake up in the morning, and it's still dead. I think I plugged into the right thing, but guess what? It didn't charge anything. So if you're not plugged into the Word of God, you're plugged into what society thinks, the norms of society. If you're plugged into the world, you're not going to get charged up with the right stuff. You're not going to have the right force to drive and propel you forward. So how many of you are plugged in the wrong thing, thinking you're charged up, but you're getting it from the wrong source, thinking that that's what's filling you up, especially in this moment we're in right now where you have time on your hands and you're thinking, oh, man, this is perfect time to catch up on my movies and catch up on Netflix and, and, and get into all these things, and you're losing out on the opportunity that God's laid in front of you. He's given you the source, the energy, uh, that, 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 that source of power that energizes you. He's given you the word. So are you embracing this time and utilizing it to draw closer to God, closer to your family, closer to your spouse, closer to the purpose that God put in your life? So what are you doing now that you're truly enjoying? What are you enjoying right now? What is it that you're just going, man, this feels so good. How come we never had this? That's what I need you to focus on. So maybe it's, hey, I get to read my Bible more. Maybe I get, to, I get more time to, to pray, more time to worship. Maybe it's I get to spend time with my kids and my spouse, and, and I get to t- maybe even catch up on stuff that I like to do, having a hobby at the house where you get to knock out some stuff, but you also get to experience what you love to do in the first place. So, so what are you experiencing right now that's good? Because you need to continue to, to, to set aside time to spend with God. You need to continue to set a time, time aside with your family and, and doing what you're supposed to do. So what memories are you creating? What memories are you creating with your kids and your loved ones? Because that's so important. You know, things, things go away, but memories are always there. You know, that's so good that we can always have those memories. So we continue to make time for our kids, our spouse, our pets, yourself. Continue to do that. And are you enjoying that? Is that the part right now that you're enjoying? Because when we think about what we're enjoying, what we didn't like before, it helps us prepare for what we're going into. So what are you doing right now that's reigniting a passion inside of you that's, that's drawing you closer to God? Because it needs to be reinforced. You can do it once, but you have to reinforce it. You know, I think... You have to reinforce that foundation, because if not, you're going to load up on it, and it's not going to be able to hold it, and it's going to crumble. So what are you doing right now that you really enjoy? You've not experienced it before. You've got to, you know, reinforce this foundation so that as we move forward, all these things go with you. Because I'm telling you, if you don't reinforce it, the winds are going to come in, and the storms, the winds are going to blow, the storms are going to come in, and guess what? Everything's going to go back to normal. Everything is going to go back to the way it was before if you don't reinforce what you're liking right now. Because when they when they break this quarantine, when they break it up, guess what's going to happen? You're going to say, oh, yeah, I can go do everything I used to do. Why? Because you didn't reinforce those positive things in your life. So as we get to that point in quarantine, we have to be ready for it. We have to be ready for them to say, okay, it's time to start releasing some of these restrictions. You can start going back to church, going back to doing what you're doing. So we have to, one, remember. Remember where we're at. We need to reinforce, you know, the good things that are going on right now. And now as we move forward, we have to redefine where you're going to be in the future. You have to redefine where we're going in the future. So, so what is the future going to look like for you? What are what are those things that you learned from your past, and now you're reinforcing from the present that you want to take into the future because you want to experience that blessing? You want to experience what that's going to be like. You want to see those positive things come out in your life. So, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 through 23, and it's a long one, but I'm going to read it anyway. You can read along with me or just listen. It's from the passion. It says, we appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, to instruct those who are not in their place of battle. So we need to instruct people. Be skilled at gently encouraging those who feel themselves inadequate. So we need to be skilled and encouraged. Be faithful to stand your ground. Help the weak to stand again. Be quick to demonstrate patience with everyone. Resist revenge and make sure that no one pays back evil in place of evil. But always pursue pursue doing what is beautiful to one another and to all the unbelievers. This sounds a whole lot like the fruit of the Spirit. It sounds a whole lot about patience and joy and, and all those things that, that we're supposed to have in us. And it's saying, this is what we need to do in our future. This is, you know, Paul's telling them, this is what you need to move forward and what you're doing. Let's pick it up in 16. I love this. It says, Let joy be your continual feast, make your life a prayer, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. And this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be the one who scorns prophecies, but be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test. And afterwards, hold tightly to what has proven to be right. Avoid every appearance of evil. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may, and, and may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body be kept completely flawless in, the, in appearing in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. There's so much in that verse, but I love the fact that it describes our future and says that we need to be patient and encouraging and faithful, that that we got to display the fruit of the Spirit. So through this time of rest that we're in, we should be building that. That should be growing out of us. I mean, come on, if you got kids at home and you spent this entire quarantine with them, your patience is probably pretty high right now. I would think so. You've had to deal with kids the whole time, so you should be really well dealing with adults. Right, Sarah? <laughs> it's so good. I love our worship team. They, they get to sit in here while I preach, so they get it firsthand. Um, <laughs> but I love what it talks about. This verse says, um, it says, let joy be your continuing feast. How powerful is that, that they want joy to be your feast? You know what? If you don't have abundance of something, you can't feast on it. That's like a snack. It doesn't say have a snack. It said have a feast. So you need to be joyful. We need to be joyful in everything that we do. We got to be full of joy in our life and be thankful for a God who has come down in this moment, is protecting us, bringing us peace, bringing us comfort. Man, we got to give it to him. And we got to be so joyful about our position right now and what he's doing through us. I'm sorry, I'm lost. (laughs) But here's the thing it says make your life a prayer spend time look you just got to spend time communicating with god talking with god being in his presence and you need to spend time make your life a prayer never restrain or put out the fire of the holy spirit the fire of the holy spirit you know the holy spirit is moving on you and when you give time to him he's all over you and he's going to direct you and guide you and push you in directions you can't squash that you can't put it out you got to trust the holy spirit Man, allow room for God to move in your life. Just allow him to direct your path. So what's your plan? What are you planning on? How how do you plan that? What's your plan on keeping all the good things that are going on and moving forward with what life has for us? See, how are you going to do that? How are you going to prioritize God and family and activities and stick with a plan and not fall back into the old ways that we were in? We need to break free with a with a fresh anointing on our life and, and redefine what normal's going to be. So don't allow the closeness you have uh, that, that you've established right now with God. Don't allow that closeness you've established with your family, with your spouse, with with passions in your life. Don't allow that to be broken apart and become mute in the next season. Don't allow that to be to be so mute that everything else just casts over it and you don't get to experience that anymore. See, I truly believe that we've been on reset. God hit the reset button on our lives is what really happened. I think about that. I think about your phones or your computers. When you have several apps open, like on my phone, if I have several apps open, guess what? It's running constantly, and it's burning up. And one, it's burning up energy. So my battery drops really quick because all these apps are open. And two, it's just tired. My phone is worn out. I can't do anything on it. It's slow. It's not working right. So I believe God saw that in our lives, and I believe God said, you know what? Look. I see you spinning out of control. You have way too many apps open in your life. I'm hitting reset. I'm going to start you over. I'm going to start it brand new. I'm going to reset your computer, reset your phone. I'm going to reset your heart, reset your mind on what I want to do. But see, this can't just, you know, this needs to be a routine. This can't be a one-time thing. We can't wait for God to come in and shut the entire world down for a couple months for us to reset. This has to be something that we continually update. We continually reset. We continually take time to think about what's God really want to do in your life. You know, I think about my phone. You know, I pulled out my, when I was writing this, I was actually working on this yesterday. I pulled out my phone. I had 86 apps that were not updated. (laughs) So you know what happens on your phone when you have 86 unupdated apps. So they're, they're not updated. So my phone's running slow. I don't understand why it doesn't work. Well, it's because I haven't updated anything. So we need to stay plugged into the right source so we can be continually updating. You know, there's a little button on there I can click that says automatic update. I don't do that. So so what, what, what kind of update are you choosing in your life? Are you on an automatic update because of your relationship with God, because of being in his presence? Are you automatically being refreshed and renewed? Or... Or do you have it set like my phone where you're just waiting for times? You're just waiting for it to crash. You're waiting for life to crash. And then all of a sudden you reach up and pour out and try to pull as much as you can from God. Because I'm telling you, if you don't update, what you're going to find out is this this fresh anointing in your life, this closeness you have with God, this newfound schedule of reading the word and being in his presence. Guess what? That's going to be outdated soon. It's going to be outdated because you have to upgrade. And here's, here's what I mean by that. You're going to hit a spot in your relationship with God where, where if you don't upgrade, if you don't keep doing more and more and more, guess what? It's going to become this, this new norm. And you're going to wonder why you're not hearing from God. You're going to wonder why everything is running slow again. And it's not because you're lacking his presence. It's because you're not updating it. You're not continually increasing it. You're not getting in his presence more and more and more because God wants more of you. He wants more of you. He wants to increase his communication and his communion with you. And if not, if you're not going to give him more, it's going to be less effective. What he's doing right now will become less effective in your life. And you're going to be wondering, like, why am I not hearing from God so much? It's not because you quit talking to God, but he says, I want more. I've got a new version. (laughs) Like there's an updated version you haven't downloaded yet. And I want you to download it so that you can reach me at the same level. We just can't be complacent where we're at because when you get complacent where you're at, that's when it becomes the norm and you become to accept less in your life. And you come to go, you know what? This is good enough. And God says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This is just the tip of the spear. Like, like there's a whole lot more I want to do in your life if you just surrender it to me, if you just let me take control. I think the goal is to find the sweet spot. And I talked with Brother Varner. We got to have um, we do prayer time still together, and and I go to his house sometimes. And and uh, and he talked about a sweet spot with our communication with God and how powerful that is. And I was like, man, I love the sweet spot. It's like playing golf. So uh, so I related to sports because yesterday I got to play golf first time in three years. It was so good. Um, I got to play golf uh, with Pastor Jason Beck from Great Oaks Church and um, Trustee Tim Lowe. So he was out there. And then uh, man, we had a, a Pastor Lamar and his son were out there and man we just had a really good time playing golf together but here's what I realized I didn't play well so by far like so I actually played pretty bad so that wasn't the fun part but when when I already had it plugged in my mind about being in a sweet spot with God I started thinking about my golf club and I started thinking that even when I was playing yesterday when I hit that golf ball with the sweet spot of the golf club I didn't have to do anything like I gave the, the, the least amount of effort, and the ball went so far and so straight and so perfect with the least amount of effort because I hit it in the sweet spot. So I want to be like that with God all the time, and I want to be in the sweet spot with the Holy Spirit where I can just be be in his manifest state. I want him manifest inside of me. I want to just be in his presence so much that he flows out of me that when I come up upon people, I can just let the Holy Spirit work through me. But that's being in the sweet spot with God. And it needs to be effortless. You can't do it. you got to let the Holy Spirit move in your life. But I want to be there where if it's effortless for joy and peace and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, just happen. They just happen. You don't have to fight it. It just happens because you're in the sweet spot. Man, I want to experience and and just feel the wholeness of Christ in my family and in my church and, and, and all the priorities in my life. I just want God to be there. I want to be in that sweet spot, and I believe some of us are there, and I believe during this time you can be there because God has so much more for each of us. We're just going to give him room in our lives to operate. We have to make room for him, and now he's put us in a spot where we can. We have no excuse other than that we don't want to. Whew, I'm telling you, it's that's powerful. <laughs> But here's what, I, here's what I know, that it, if you don't renew things, if you don't get into his presence, okay, then, it, then what happens is now instead of calling on God and reaching out to him to get filled up, what you're doing is you're calling on him to rescue you again because you allowed the enemy to slither back in and pull you away. You allowed the norms of life. You allowed the worldly things to pull you back away from him. So instead of going, I just need a recharging, you're saying, Lord, I need all of you because I'm stuck without you, and right now I'm just in a mess again. That's what it turns into if you constantly don't seek him, if you're not in that sweet spot. So when things are idle, they operate at the lowest level. So when things are idle in your life, when when you're operating with your presence of the Holy Spirit, when when spiritually you're operating at idle, it doesn't mean you're off. It means you're running. It means you're doing what you're supposed to do, but you're just at idle. So you're operating um, at the lowest level you could possibly operate at. That's what you're doing. You know, i think about this i've got a leaf blower i just bought a new leaf blower and man i love this leaf blower it's amazing like guys we get fired up over like just tools things that make noise i mean it blows leaves but i don't care you know i, I had one for years and it, and it died on me and and i could never get it to run right it just wouldn't run right so i went and got a new leaf blower and here's what i love about it a leaf blower when i turn that thing on it runs at idle And when it's running at idle, guess what it's doing? It's pushing the leaves. So one, two, three, five, ten leaves. It'll push those leaves when it's running at idle. But eventually those leaves form a pile. And when those leaves are in a pile, you cannot move it at idle. You can't move it at idle. At some point in life, you're going to have to pull the trigger on that thing and allow it to run at its full speed to move the pile. So think about that in your life. What's going on in your life that you're using your idle speed of your spirituality, of your closeness to God, you're at idle just moving the leaves. And you're just trying to get the leaves out of the way. And what's happening is those leaves, they're building a big pile in your life. And you're not going to be able to move them anymore at idle. And God says, guess what? I need you to run with the trigger pulled. I need to operate in a fullness of everything I can give you. That's what he's saying. You need to accelerate right now and let the Holy Spirit move the big piles in your life. And actually, when that happens, when you're operating with the trigger fold, they don't even pile up anymore. Like, it just blows them so far, it keeps scattering them until everything's clean. You don't have to worry about operating at idle. Because I can tell you this, my leaf blower, I bought it because it operates at 220 miles per hour. Yeah, that's powerful. That's, hmm, I just love that. But at idle, it runs at 100 miles an hour. Which you still think sounds good and it works good, but man, not when you pull that trigger and that thing wants to come out of your hand. It's pretty good. But here's what I know Jesus paid the price for your sins. He he didn't pay the price on the cross for you to operate at idle. He paid the price on the cross so you can operate in the fullness of his of his capability that he puts inside of you. He doesn't want you to he doesn't want you to operate where you can just move a leaf or not even move a mountain. He wants you to come full force and do what he's called you to do. But here's the thing, it doesn't just have to be for a season. And that's what we get caught up in. We're going, well, this is just a season. I'm just in this season of my life where I can draw closer to God. I can spend time with my family, but pretty soon it's going to be over. It doesn't have to be that way. If we prepare right, if we're ready to advance in into what we're getting ready to go into, what that means is you got to remember how it was. You have to remember how your life was before the quarantine. you got to remember that, and you got to remember what you didn't like. And you can remember what you did like, and that's fine, but you got to remember how you didn't like being so busy, how you didn't like being pulled away from your family, Family, you need to to reinforce what's happening right now. That closeness you have right now with God, with your family, with with doing what you're supposed to do. Guess what? You need to reinforce that in your life right now. And we need to redefine what it's going to look like when we move forward into the future. We need to redefine how our lives are going to be when when this quarantine's lifted and we start walking back into the world doing what what obviously we have to do, but also listening to the Holy Spirit and saying, God, I'm going to let you run my life. I'm going to listen to you more. I'm not going to allow the, the world and society to build up these walls around us again to keep us from operating in the movement of what God wants us to do. So that's my prayer for you this morning, for you and your family. I want you to experience God in a way and in a place that you've never experienced him before. I want to see you operate in a sweet spot. I want to see you just operate in that time when God can just so easily flow through you and and he can use you as a mighty tool in his kingdom. I want to see that. And so for some of you, I believe this idle time has gotten the best of you. I believe you've taken this idle time and maybe you haven't stepped full force into what you could. You're operating on idle. You haven't taken advantage of the time God's given you right now to draw closer to him, closer to your family. You need to know this, it's never too late. It can start today. All you have to do is surrender some time to him. All you have to do is say, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this time, and, God, I'm going to give it to you first, and I'm going to let you work in my life. And I'm going to take the time, and I'm going to make the time to spend time with my family, spend time with my spouse, and spend time with my God. But it's never too late. For some of you, God's been moving in such a powerful way through this moment that, that he's opened doors you've never seen before. He is working in mighty, mighty ways, and you don't want that to stop. And you're like, I don't want to come out of quarantine because now the world takes over again. Well, guess what? I'm going to pray for you because I believe this is the time when you've got to reinforce what's going on right now. you got to be ready. and You have to have a plan to work forward. Like I said, if, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So we have to have a plan moving forward. How are you going to prioritize and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow anything to eat into that time? no is okay. Guess what? We don't have to give into the world. We don't have to give into what society says our kids have to have and, and we have to have. We don't have to do that. We can submit to the Holy Spirit and let him work. So I want to pray for y'all. So as I pray here, I want you to be praying at home. But we're just going to lift up the Holy Spirit this morning. So Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. You are so good. Father, we just thank you that That you're always there and that father even you can come in and 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 pause time right now father and give us this time back we thank you father for the reminder of who you are and father whose we are and whom we are and what you're doing in our lives we thank you for the time that 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 you've given us right now to operate in your in, in in what you want us to do father god we we thank you right now for that father i i lift up those right now that need to start pursuing you uh, at a higher degree, Father God, to, 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 to even if it means they just have to start their engines and operate at idle right now, Father God, I lift them up to you. Father God, I ask that right now you touch them in a mighty way. You do some supernatural movement in them right now, Father God, to get them refocused on what's important. Father God, I ask you to just touch them right now, Father. Spark something, ignite something in their body right now, Father God, that wants to pursue you even more to take advantage of the rest of this time, to, to get a schedule together, to build a plan for what they want to do in the future. And Father, for those right now that are just, man, they're just, they're, they're spending so much time with you and they can feel your presence and they they can feel your love as you just wrap your arms around them, Father God. I want you to reassure them that they can have that all the time, not just in this time, Father God, that they can operate in your rest in this peaceful place, Father, where you just come in and your Holy Spirit rules in our lives. Father, God, I ask you to, to, to give them the confidence and the ability to move forward, to set up a game plan, to, to not steal from you, God, but 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 to steal from the world, Lord. And I'm not saying we can steal, God, but what I'm saying is that we want our time back. So, God, give give us the ability to do that, to create that, Father. Guide us in that. So, Father, we just surrender it all to you. Father, we want more of you in our families, more of you in our homes, more of you in our schools. Father, more of you in everything that we're doing. So, Lord, you see them out there. You see the hearts right now that are dealing with that, God. So I ask you to do something amazing in them. Father, we just surrender it all to you. You have your way in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And I know right now as you sit at home, there's a a lot of people watching right now. And I believe there's some people watching. You want that peace. You want that rest. You want to know what it's like to have a father that cares so much about you. He'll never leave you. That he's going to be there. that, That even in your worst times, he's saying, just cry out to me. You want that. You want to know what that's like. And it might be a first time. It might be the first time in a long time. But I'm telling you right now, today's your day. Don't wait another day. Don't miss another opportunity. Surrender to God today. Man, just, just invite him into your heart. Invite him in to, to run your life. Submit to him today. And you can do that. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you can experience, you can have this relationship uh, that several other people have with God right now. You can have this relationship with Jesus. You can welcome even the Holy Spirit into your heart, into your life. But it starts with you, and you can do it right where you're at. So when I say the Bible says declare with your mouth, it means we're we're, we're going we're gonna to announce, we're going we're gonna to say a prayer together. But you got to believe it in your heart. And only you can do that. So we're going to do that this morning. I'm going to give you an opportunity. I don't care where you're at, uh, what you're doing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're at home, don't look around. But I don't care if you're at work. I don't care where you're at. But if you want Jesus in your heart for the first time or first time in a long time, just repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. Kept you out of my life. For too long. I can't do this on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I know you died on the cross. You rose again just for me. So today, I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you said that prayer at home, look, welcome to the family. You have a guaranteed spot in in heaven. But do me a favor, if you said that, reach out to our church. I don't care if you email us at info at destinychurch.al. I don't care if you call one of our prayer partners right now. Call our church offices. Let us know. We have free resources for you. We have books for you. We want to reach out to you and help you take the next step uh, with your walk with Christ. Please let us help you with that. You don't have to do this on your own. Um, but we thank you for that, and and look, God's ready to do something powerful in your life, and I'm so fired up about that. I'm so thankful that we serve such a great God, and then here at Destiny Church, we just believe the biggest form of worship we can do is by giving, Uh, and we save that for the end of service, and and now's the time for you to prepare your heart, prepare your offering this morning for what we're going to receive, and you know, I know we're not meeting in a church, but because because of you, because of our faithful givers, because of the people online right now and for your giving and your ability to give, guess what? We get to do this. We we get to share this message. We get to continue to keep the lights on and, and do powerful things in, in in the kingdom. We still get to help people. We still get to help other churches right now. We still get to pour into families right now. It's all because of you and your faithful giving. So there's a couple ways you can give this morning. You can, you can give online, so if you're on our app, if you're on our website, you can give on there or you can send it into the church and our address will be on the screen and all that stuff um but man i just want to pray over our our offering today i just want to give that all to god and and man we just want to be thankful for what he's doing in our lives so um so we're thankful for you because you're a blessing to other people when you give so here at destiny we're just going to pray real quick and then we're gonna i'm gonna pray us out and we're gonna bless you for this week and we're gonna uh, bless the offering so let's pray together so father we thank you god we love you lord We thank you once again for an opportunity to come and share your word, a message from you, Father God. We thank you for that. So, Father, this morning, as... As uh, we prepare to give, prepare our hearts, Father God, we, we ask you to touch each and every giver right now, Father God. We ask you to bless the gift and the giver in mighty ways, Father. We, we know that you're going to use it in your kingdom to do mighty things, Father. And, and, Father, we just ask right now that people understand that when they give, they're not given to a church, they're given through a church for you, Father God, and that's so powerful. So bless them, Father God, and we ask you right now to, to start working on our hearts, Father, as we go into this next week, as we start thinking about the next stages that we're going to be going through, even with the quarantine. God. We we once again, Father, ask you to to open our eyes to new ways, Father God. Help us solidify the things that are good and do away with the things that are bad, God. So Father, we just ask you to, to bless us this week, protect us, God, bring us peace and comfort. And just, Father, we just we just love you, Lord. So we ask you to just uh, just do your thing, God. You are so good. So Father, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, y'all. We love you. We thank you for tuning in this morning, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care.